Welcome to Conversations with Toy, a blogcast tackling life one episode at a time. This is the time to air out life's craziest moments. This space is all about speaking about life's hang-ups and ways in which we can leave better than when we started. Topics are all about ways we can find space to be better in life, love, mental space and health. Happy Friday. It is so amazing and I have to continuously say how amazing it is to be with you for another week, another episode. This is episode two of season six and I'm excited. Welcome. If this is your first time, don't let it be your last. My name is Toy, obviously of Conversations with Toy. I'm also a pot as as you can hear a podcaster, but I'm also a blogger, a writer, and a content creator. You literally can find me on all of the social media as Toy Time Blog, Pinterest, uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, whatever ones that are out there, TikToks, we got them all. So I'm super grateful just again to be here with you guys for another week. I want to say a, a huge thank you. For those who don't know, with this being season six, I learned from some of the best podcasters to put sometimes a little bit of a break in between your seasons to allow you to just have that good break. And that aligns with self-care for me. I talk about self-care, mental health. We're going to talk about relationships, what's going on these worldwide webs. We discuss it all. So it made sense to take the advice of more, you know, seasoned podcasters that tell you, take a break. So with that break, I think we took about a two to three week break in between season five and season six. So we are back stronger, healthier, happier, and ready to get at it. Now, last week, you guys welcomed me with some of the biggest arms. And what do I mean by that? You know, I was kind of nervous. Sometimes when you take these breaks, you're like, do people, you know, even care once you take a break or it's kind of like out of sight, out of mind? Absolutely not. When I took that break and came back, y'all swam and I mean, just Y'all just did y'all thing and helped just in tremendous ways. The viewers, the viewships, I would say, I call them viewships, of last week were just out of control. They were through the roof. So to everyone who downloaded the episode last week, we had our special guest, Ariel Jacobs, who is of Disney. She plays uh, Princess Jasmine of the Disney concert. And we had an amazing conversation about the show, which I did attend. We're going to talk about that in the episode today. And just amazing. We talked about self-care because I always talk about self-care when I talk or have any guests on the show. And so you guys just came out and just hugely supported. And I'm just so grateful for that. I am so appreciative. I can't thank you guys enough for that. So as we talked about last week, we did have Ariel Jacobs, who was our guest. She is amazing in just about every way. And I went to the concert this fall, this past Tuesday. And let me just tell you, that concert was everything. So if you're sitting thinking, you know, should you go to the concert? Um, is it something that you really want to be about? I'm going to tell you, absolutely be about it. And I say that because when I attended this concert, I took my eight-year-old youngest daughter and my almost 13-year-old oldest daughter, and it didn't matter. We all enjoyed it. It felt good to like, you know, listen to the nostalgia of like the old songs, the stuff that we knew about. And of course, because I have children, I'm going to know about all the Disney stuff that has come out new. 
honestly, to be honest with you, even if I didn't have kids, I have always been a Disney fan. And so for me, just being in tune, I want you to know, they do a little trivia at the beginning of the, before the concert starts. I got all the points. So that just lets me know that I'm obviously deep in culture, deep endowed within the Disney culture. And I was excited. Um, we did have opportunity to buy some things. We did. Um, I let the kids choose what they wanted. I was praying to baby Jesus that they did not choose. Like some of the stuff was a little pricey for like maybe 45 or so dollars for just like a sweatshirt or something like that. But my kids weren't even interested. They went as big as my Otis is, went straight to those little colored wands. They're not bad though. They were like two for 25. So gauge your prices from like $25 and up. I think the most expensive thing that I saw might've been about 45 I didn't personally see anything that I wanted because they didn't have mugs and I was honestly looking for mugs. Anyone who knows, or maybe you don't know, I love collecting mugs and I like the most weirdest ones, the ones that have the most color, the ones that have the different shapes, the ones that have the best sayings. So I am a huge mug collector. I've recently just started this in the last couple of years. So when people get me gifts and they buy me a mug, it does not offend me. It does not make me mad. I'm excited. I have some of the most strangest from the one I got from the Philadelphia Zoo, which is in the shape of a dinosaur. That's one of my favorites. I also got a sushi mug from my one of my besties. I love mugs. So mugs are my thing. So the concert was amazing in every way. Special shout out to Kimmel Center as well as Disney Concert for having me and my daughters. You guys treated us, hosted us with all the love. We enjoyed our seats. It was absolutely everything. We just, and let me tell you about the process. The process to get in and out of these shows were probably better than some of the adult shows. So I have to shout out. So I know sometimes as parents, we get a little apprehensive when we take our kids to these different places. And I know that I do, maybe that's just my anxiety, but I personally had a good time. I will I honestly tell you, this is not a lie. I was in my car and out of the garage from, I parked right across the street from the Kimmel River, the Academy of Music, parked right across the street. And by the time I got across the street into my car, paid out of the garage, which is only $22, it was, didn't take us more than 15 minutes. I'm going to tell you right now, that has never happened for any concert that I have been to. And I say that because I just went to um, the concert with um, Kim and Babyface. And we sat in that parking lot. So this is at the Leo Core Center which I know is a little bit bigger. And of course, when you're dealing with adults, you know, things could go really, really, and absolutely really left. And I would say it did. And for that concert, we sat in the parking lot for maybe 30 to 45 minutes. Yeah, uh, it was 30 to 45 minutes. And that is no lie, no joke. That was for the full circle tour. But I will say that I had a great time. I mean, you kind of expect, especially for more adult concerts, you kind of expect if you go into the parking and especially the higher you go up, the longer you would wait. And just the aggression of how people were doing, trying to cut people off, you know, hit people's cars, you know, people smoking at the cars. At some points I saw people dancing and having a good time. And that's kind of like where I was at with it. We had our music on, we were just talking in a car, you know, and giving our last five, you know, not five, but you know, however long we were in the car minutes before we got back into parental mode. So if you're going to a concert, I say one, arrive early so you can get into your seats and get comfortable. Um, two, uh, we didn't have any um, issues even for the Kimmel Center for the Academy of Music. So shout out to Disney. You guys did an amazing job. Shout out to the Kimmel Center. The staff at the Kimmel Center was great. They handled all those children 
with ease. I didn't see any issues whatsoever. And I was grateful for that because sometimes kids can get a little, you know, they're, they're unpredictable. We had a little uh, girl that was behind us. And let me tell you, she was just sitting there having herself a blast. Now she was singing everything and wasn't on nobody's notes, nobody's keys. But listen, that baby had a lot of joy and that's all you care about, right? As a parent, that's all you care about is watching your kids enjoy moments. And, you know, being a parent, I've just learned so much about taking and creating these memories I'm always about how can I create more, more and more memories with my children. So I'm super grateful. I do have a son. He was not as interested as the Disney princess. He and I will be going to another exhibit, which is the Harry Potter exhibit here in Philadelphia. I'm going to tell you right now, get your tickets early, get them online. Do not you know, do the whole show up type of situation because you will get played. The Harry Potter exhibit has been here for a couple of weeks. And I looked at the tickets just to see like what the, you know, what the situation was looking like. And I'm just going to tell you right now, if you are coming to the Harry Potter exhibit, get your tickets extremely early and be early and ready to go for your time. So in today's episode, I wanted to talk about since Easter is this weekend for those who serve, you know, reverence Easter for either religious reasons or just like the joy of the Easter season, you know, for whatever you choose to celebrate it for. I'm not here to judge anybody when I, I'm just going to tell you, so we're going to talk about some Easter memories, but we're also going to talk about, you know, people like to, you know, listen, before the pandemic, let me start there. Before the pandemic, there was a lot of people, aunties, the uncles, the grandparents, the moms, the dads, you know, sometimes it'd be like, you know, a lot of anxiety when you go around your family. And I feel like with the, the pandemic, the panoramic, as I always call it, our bodies have changed, right? Our bodies have changed. You know, the way that we look may have changed. Our mindset may have changed. A lot of us has gotten some therapy. I know I was in therapy way before the pandemic because, you know, I definitely needed it. And then there are people who never even got therapy before who are now, you know, engrossing themselves into therapy. And I'm sending you a high five. And I know there's times in therapy when it's good. And sometimes in therapy where it makes you cry or you're sleepy afterwards or you're angry. All these emotions that happen after you've had a therapy session, right? But a part of therapy is to try to heal some of the childhood, you know, traumas, some of the things that we've gone through that we haven't told anybody about, or some of the things that people know about, but try to act like they didn't have no parts in. Listen, as you get to convening, getting together for these Easter dinners, please understand you do not have to stay past your, the time limit you set. And I say this because Oftentimes we have these Easter dinners and we have the old school aunts, the old school uncles, the grandmoms, the grandparents, the parents themselves, family members who decide to insert themselves in your life. And you may not be comfortable with that, right? If you're a single person, you get tired of one going to events where everybody's booed up, right? That gets frustrating as, as for one part. The other part is even if you're not booed up and you're content and what, you know, the state that you're in, you're good. You don't have any issues. You're living your life on your terms. People are messy, right? They always got to ask you, when are you going to get married? Right. And, and the part of you that wants to say, when are you going to keep your marriage together? Right. Cause it's always the people who have the most raggediest of marriages, the ones who fight all the time, argue all the time. They got arguing in the car before they got to the dinner. They don't, they're always complaining about their mate. They're always unhappy, or at least they appear to be unhappy. And they always come with this level of questioning of asking you, well, when are you going to get married? Or if you're married, you, they may not know what your struggle is. If you even have a struggle or if you're ready to have children, it's always, when are you going to have children? 
And then outside of that, even when you have children, when are you going to have another? And I get it. People just think that they're asking, they're saying things for small talk, but I have to caution. If you're listening to this and you're one of those old school aunties, you're one of those old school uncles, you're that grandparent, that parent that just feels the need to ask that. I would just say this. If you had a relationship with someone of whom you're asking that question, you might already know that answer. If the relationship was already secure and sound. If you have to go out of your way to ask somebody a personal question, that lets me know you don't have a personal relationship. I know that's going to set a lot of people off, right? You're going to be deep in your shanana, getting all kinds of upset because I, how dare I just say that, but it's true. I have aunts, uncles, cousins, and all the the five that I know when I see them, it's hello, how's everything going? And I say, everything is going great because that is the relationship. It's banter between family members, right? I don't always have a close relationship with these people. So I don't call them on the regular basis. We don't talk every week. We don't head out for dinner. My kids probably know them from just knowing them, but not necessarily knowing them well. Um, They don't have even the same relationships that I had as a kid with them. And there's various reasons for that. And I say that because oftentimes, unless I'm posting something, nine times out of 10, those type, those extended family members don't know much about me. So when I go to events, when I go to dinners, when I go for the holidays, I am always on my P's, Q's and my R's. Why? Because I already know that somebody's going to ask a question that's going to go, you know, could possibly go left. If you're bringing a new person, be sure your anchor holds. Don't be bringing no new people over if you're not, have not prepped them for the family members that you have, because you may have a loving family members that are just always loving, say all the right things. There's no arguments at the table. Everybody's just good to go. You know, everybody's in love with each other and there's no issues. But for the rest of us who have families that could go left or right, don't bring someone new to this, to your family, right? to my family, your family, or whomever's family, and you have not prepped them for the level of foolery that they may continuously walk into. If you know that your aunt is going to start some mess at the table and you have not prepped your new boo, don't do that to them, right? It's not fair that you're bringing them into a situation where they do not know these people and they have to be able to be on an offensive uh, to figure out or defensive to try to figure out what is going to happen. And also when someone asks somebody that you brought that's new, to your, to the function, and you know, it's a personal question that they may feel uncomfortable, interject, say, I'm sorry, we're not answering that or no, thank you. Or any of that, because sometimes I feel like y'all be putting these men or women, these new booze into these tight spots to test them. And what are you testing them on? You're testing them on if they have the ability to withstand your family who will not be in the marriage or the relationship. If you take it that far, right? Who then have to deal with all the other backlash if they say something that you're not comfortable with and then you'll say that they just weren't the one because they weren't able to handle the family some of y'all's family some of my family y'all be doing too much right and so y'all put these people in these uncomfortable situations and then get mad at them for not being able to handle it and you can't even handle it when your mother goes at the table and berates you like the child that you're not you then get mad at the partner that you're starting this new life with why they can't handle that seeing that happen and you can't handle it and i say that in love right i say that in love and i'm not telling you not to bring a new person around i'm telling you to prep them Have a security word, a word that you use that when one of your two of you have gotten to the point where you're not able to handle whatever is going on, leave. Stop allowing you or the person that you're bringing to stay in situations that are uncomfortable. 
When Aunt Susie goes left, somebody needs to be able to respectfully tell Aunt Susie that this ain't how we doing things anymore, right? We're not doing that. I find that disrespectful. I don't like it. Could you stop? Now, if Aunt Susie pursues, Aunt Susie keeps on going, then it's time for you to get in the car that you came in, gather thine things, and leave. And listen, be prepared. I think the people are so ready to do that. Like, Jump on that when it's time to, you know, show this level of like, I don't like this. I'm going to leave because you've been ready for this moment your whole life, especially for people who have been disrespected and you have habitual um, family members who are habitual line steppers. You can't wait for that moment. But there's a other side to that, right? After you have said, stop doing that, it's uncomfortable. And they tell you, oh, you're just being a baby or you're being dumb. It wasn't even that serious. What's your next step? Because if you leave, you have to be okay in your skin and be all right with the fact that you're going to get 1711 calls about, I can't believe you disrespected my mom. You disrespected my cousin. You disrespected us by leaving because they are going to take your leaving as disrespect. Why? Because people are not comfortable with pushing people to their point and putting them in a boundary. People are not okay with boundaries. Boundaries is like a cuss word in family members, especially black people. It's a cuss word when you say, I'm sorry, that's information that's not for you because they feel like, well, why can't I ask you that? Why can't I say that? Why can't I do those things? So be very comfortable, very, very, very comfortable in what will happen next. I'm not suggesting that there'll be a family feud and fight not suggesting that at all. I'm just telling you that people get really uncomfortable when you put them in a boundary. When you set that line and you tell people don't cross it, and then when they do, you remove yourself from that situation. Because I'm going to tell you right now, talking to them and explaining to someone who's not ready to be in that place that you're in will not receive, give you the results that you're looking for. If you've gone to therapy and your therapist has told you, listen, don't put yourself in a situation so you may not even go to the function. Bravo, do what's best for you. The flip of that is you may go to the function and your therapist says that when it's time for you to go and you feel uncomfortable for you to leave. That could be before dinner, that could be in the middle of dinner, that could be whenever it happens. You gotta be okay with that next part. That next part is you're gonna be deemed the one that's too bougie, too this, you too that, she's too this, you can't say nothing to her, don't invite her no more. You've gotta be comfortable in that. And I want to tell you, it's going to feel uncomfortable. It's going to, it's going to trigger a part of pain that you might not be ready for. So have a plan in place for your self-care after that happens, whether that is grabbing something to eat somewhere else, whether that is, you know, doing, you know, whatever it is, I can't, there's a lot of things that you could do. Be prepared for all of that, because that is the real reality of what you may end up dealing with. I say that because I don't believe that all family members are the type of family members that would have a problem. I don't say that because I feel like everybody is going to be problematic. I say that based upon the fact that, again, most people are not comfortable with you placing boundaries. And when you tell them that they've crossed the line, that right there is already disrespect. Listen, I am about to be 41. I've had to have some strong conversations with the most closest people to me to explain to them. I grew up in a house where you couldn't say no. That means if somebody was doing something that you thought was wrong, you weren't allowed to voice that opinion. You were not allowed to say, hey, I don't like the way you're saying that or I don't like the way you're doing things. But a beautiful part of it is 
You get to the point where you get grown and grown does not come with age. Grown means that you're at a position where if something should happen, you're able to take care of it. When you get to the point where you're shown enough grown that you can walk out the door because you have your own car, you have your own house to go to, and you don't have to answer to the same people who don't understand where you're at. That's when you have gotten grown. And in the midst of being grown, you also have to understand that being saying no or saying that you don't like something is no longer a sign of disrespect. No matter if the person is offended by it, they can be offended by it and you can be like, I'm sorry you feel that way, but that's your feelings to process. In the same token, you don't have to be loud about it. You don't have to come off with a smart tone. You don't even have to come off with like disrespectful vernacular. But you do have to sometimes stand up for yourself and you do have to say, I'm sorry, that doesn't work for me and my family, right? For instance, I'm not about a bunch of yelling at the kids. I do my best. I'm not saying I'm perfect. I do my best to try not to holler at my children because I don't feel like that is a way to actually communicate. And in the midst of saying that, feeling that, living that, I would not leave my kids with someone who's going to scream and holler at them. I'm talking about from besties on down to parents. I would not leave my children with someone who I feel is just going to scream and holler. If that is their go-to, that is not my go-to for, for my kids. So I would never leave them for any extended amount of time with anybody that was going to do that. And I have gotten a lot of clamor of, what well, you trying to raise your kids? You know, and black people will always say this. You're trying to raise your kid the white people way because in our culture, we're taught to hit our kids, beat them, spank them, all these different things. And again... It's up to you how you raise your kids. This is not a raising your kids conversation. What I'm saying is to you is you have to then decide once you just put those boundaries, you have to decide once you state those boundaries and you get pushback because you will get pushback. What's the next step? What is your next step? Do you stop coming to functions for a while? Do you continuously listen? I do will say this, whatever boundary you put, don't let up on that boundary. Set that boundary and let that boundary stay because the second you let up, you lose all ground because people won't respect the fact that you set that initial boundary. So that is one. Easter is such a time for families to come together and have that good Easter dinner. Let the kids play with the baskets and the candy and do all those things. Some people dress up and we're going to get into that. Let me just say, I grew up in the church my entire life, just about my entire life. And growing up, the whole Easter dresses and the dressing up is just like a part of like, quote unquote, the culture stuff that I dealt with. And, you know, you get dressed up and you have these beautiful frilly dresses and you're just so ready to go for Easter Sunday. And then you stay in, in our church. We stayed in Sunday morning. We had Sunday school, regular service. We took that break to have that quick Sunday dinner. And then you came back for what's called the Easter plays where each grades or each uh, age limit would do different plays to interact about Jesus and, you know, Easter and all those things. When I first started to have my daughter, I still dressed her up. I don't know if we went to church a lot. We did go to church quite often and I dressed her up and did all those Easter beautiful things that her early pictures are like that. I gave each of my kids that opportunity to have that moment. But my youngest is eight years old. And we now attend a Catholic church. And let me be clear, because apparently, according to my grandmother, she thought I have converted from being a Christian to being a Catholic. I have not. I am very much a Christian. I grew up in what's called non-denominational, which let's keep it real, is a denomination, but you know, whatever. And mostly like a back, uh, Baptist background. So for me, I'm all about getting to church and getting the things that you need, regardless of whose name is on the building. 
and doing what you're supposed to do and living your life in real life the way you're supposed to be living it, treating people the right way. Because listen, I know people who is dipped in the in the baptism pool a couple times and who has a hand on Jesus's thigh and they still come up as devils. So I don't prescribe to the thought process that if I don't put my kids in frilly church dresses and we don't, my son don't have on his, you know, Easter suit that we're on our way to hell. I don't, I don't subscribe to that. But what I will say is Easter growing up was very interesting because our church, mostly our, my ex pastor, he believed that, you know, Jesus, the Easter was about Jesus. It wasn't about the bunnies. It wasn't about any of those things. And we did get Easter baskets, but it was always this extra superficial, like, you know, you're not allowed to like basically have like any Easter joy that wasn't attached to Jesus. Now I guess, listen, for me, Jesus, Easter is for Jesus and the baby. So for me, my kids are going to get Easter baskets. They're going to do their Easter thing. Whether we dress up in our church dresses, I, it's probably not, it's going to be a no. Um, oftentimes we find to be more of relaxed situations and I'm always about teaching my kids more than setting these little standards of, you know, you have to be performative. So anytime it's performative, I'm absolutely on a no, right? If it's performative for church and church people, I am not here for no performative nothing. I've gotten to that point because again, when you've grown up in the church your whole life, you get really tired. <laughs> you get tired of some of this performative measures and some of the things that the people do and the ways you got to do it. And I, I don't have time for any of that. And it's not that I don't have time because people will hear that and say, oh, she don't have time for the Lord. No, no, no. I am saying I don't have the energy for that type of performative uh levels of things that people do and I'm just not here for it but I'm not against it right I'm not against it people can do what they choose and I'm doing what I choose and that's just what it's going to be but growing up in the church with Easter ooh child I don't remember after we got into the church I don't believe we had the whole Easter bunny like Easter bunnies were off limits like you could not I don't even know if we were allowed to have like the chocolate with Easter bunnies I'm not even sure but like Easter bunnies was like sacrilegious right you couldn't do Easter bunnies it was a whole lot of you can'ts, right? And I realize now that some people just be doing the most, just that control level. And this is going to come off really rude. This is going to come off really rude. And I'm not even going to apologize, but I'm going to say it's going to come off rude. Some of that stuff that these, you know, a lot of people put on us as kids, just like for reasons of just like the whole control factor, a lot of them ain't living up to that same standard to this very day. And I sat there and just thought to myself, even when I was a kid, I just, I couldn't say no to a lot of things is I couldn't wait for the moment for me to get my own life and to do my own thing. So that's what I do. I enjoy creating the memories with my kids. We do Easter eggs. Uh, we dye them. We, um, sometimes I do Easter egg hunts, but they're getting kind of bigger now. They just kind of like, you know, kind of over it, but we still do Easter baskets. Um, I do a beautiful spread no matter where we are. Listen, even if I go to a family member's house, we still cook at home. So I'm going to always come home to an Easter dinner. I'm going to bake. I'm going to do all those things and decorate the house and do all those things. I have an Easter tree up right now. I just do my own thing. And so some of the childhood memories that I have are beautiful. Like, let's don't, don't think that because I'm saying what I'm saying that it wasn't. There's a lot of beautiful moments, a lot of beautiful memories. But then there are some that I'm just like, what in the world were people thinking? And it's beautiful and funny at the same time to see like my parents, how they are now compared to the parents that they were when I was a, when I was a kid. I'm going to talk about that another day, but not this episode. So yeah, Easter is here. Easter is this Sunday. And, you know, Easter should be a time of fun and, and love and joy. And let me just say, 
I find it really interesting that if you cannot and don't have some level of real joy in your whole life, like how you move and how you just take care of yourself, however you move and do the things that you do, you got to find a way to get there because it doesn't matter what level of lifestyle you're choosing. Like, I just want people to have real joy, whatever that may be for them. And that's, that's the real reality of where I'm at. So Easter is going to be here and I'm going to share at the end of the episode, an Easter drink for you to have, which I will put the link in the bio so that you can click on it. If you choose to make it, it's for my peep lovers. If you love those marshmallow peeps, I am not a fan of marshmallow peeps. I'm actually vegan. So a lot of the candy that I have, I actually have my own vegan stash. Um, I'm going to shout out smart sweets because <laughs> I work with them. I do uh, campaigns with them. I do all kinds. I'm, you know, a part of the uh, kick sugar crew. And a lot of that is for me. So I have my own level of things, but my kids love smart sweets. And so, yeah, they're going to get some of that smart sweets right in their um, Easter baskets because that's what we do. And uh, they're going to have a good time. And uh, it is spring break for me and the fan bam. And I say me and the fan bam because obviously as a mom who works from home, um, Whenever they're on spring break, that means I'm on spring break, right? And I love it. I love the downtime. This week, I decided to not do, outside of the Disney concert, which was fun for us as if, you know, for me and the girls, I had did no media, anything. I moved all of my schedule for next week, which means that my schedule next week, if you follow me on the blog and follow me on social media, you will see a lot of movement because I had to move my schedule from this week to next week. There's a lot, and I mean a lot of events going on, a lot of things that are going to help you for the spring. Listen, if you live in Philadelphia and you're looking for the place to eat, to get good drinks, to do family-oriented things, to do some girlfriend things, to hang out with your boys, I try to cover as much as I can from all those different perspectives. And as we're getting into some warmer weather, there are going to be some amazing outside, beautiful spaces that are one, very Instagrammable for you to get your shots and get your pictures and do your reels. But in addition to that, they're going to have amazing food, drinks for all. Like I always like to showcase food for all, meaning there's some that are for vegans, some for vegetarians, some for pescatarians, all of the things. And so be on the lookout because my summer, my spring and my summer calendar is actually already heating up. I, I won't shout them out just yet because when you see them on the blog, you'll just, you'll know, you know, but my summer is starting to look real good. I am partnering with a lot of amazing companies doing a lot of family oriented um, movement because of course I love to include my children in as much as I can. Anything that can get me to do that is a beautiful thing. So I'm working with a lot of amazing companies this summer to do just that, to bring you some good family oriented places for you to go, whether that's amusement parks, whether that's some family staycations, whether that's some road trips, we are going to do it all. So stay tuned, watch for that. Because I love the fact that when this, when it gets a little warmer, I love to be outside. I love to be on the move. I love to be on go. Obviously, be on go safely because, you know, COVID has not changed. Panoramic has not gone anywhere. But to be on go, but also safe is always my number one thing. Wearing our masks, doing the things we should be doing, washing our hands. Um, I test us quite 
regularly to make sure that because I'm out and about um, that I'm not giving them anything and that they don't have anything and to just be safe and, and be responsible. But let me tell you, summer is here. It's, oh, and it's on its way and spring is here. I'm trying to be in these spring and summer streets doing very responsible things and doing all the things with my husband uh, by myself and as a family. Like I want all the areas of my life to kind of be touched in those different ways. And somebody asked me a couple weeks ago what I had planned for my birthday. My birthday is in May. I have no idea, but stand by. You'll, you'll be probably hearing about it on the podcast first before anybody else does. Um, so I can't wait. With that being said, last week I also put into the link um, into the show notes about some solo travel. There are a lot of people who struggle with traveling as a single person. Now, when I say by a single person, I, that could be married, single, whatever the case may be. I say as a solo person. I have friends that if I say I want to go and book a trip, they will book the trip and we will never discuss anything because we'll just book and we know the responsibilities. We break everything down. There's not a problem. Those are my go-tos, right? My day ones. I love them, right? I say I'm going here. They say when. Let me see if I can go. Then they go and then we move on. Then there are those who say, I want to go on a trip. Yeah, girl, tell me when. I'm like, okay, this is the date. Oh, yeah, I got the time open. Let me see what I can do, which also is cold for. Let me see if I can pay for it. And then if they can't, then you don't hear from them. I put them in the in the back of my mind, but I'm not, they're not my go-tos because, again, everybody's financial situation is completely different. And every time I'm ready to go doesn't mean you have to be ready to go. What I mean by that is there's so much people that will say they're going to do something and they're not going to do it, or they don't live their life to have a backup plan to do the things that they say they want to do. I like to travel with people who are travel-minded. I even had to tell some of my closest friends, please stop telling me, oh, we're just going to get a regular old hotel because we're just going to sleep. That is a pet peeve for me. I think I talked about that last episode. That is a pet peeve. We are in our 40s. Most of us are in our 30s and our 40s. I'm sorry, but my my whole back can't be on somebody's rink-a-dink, um, you know, motel. Like don't anything that has a motel in it, don't even call me. If it doesn't say resort or suite, don't call me because it's like, We've all gotten to the point where we're not in college anymore on college budget. We're not eating ramen. Like we're eating good food. We're, we're doing well. We should not be eating and acting weird. We shouldn't be moving in a weird space. I don't even mind if I have to cover for one person or so, but I'm not, don't ask me about going to nobody's motel and don't ask me to go to any hotel that's a three or a, a under. Cause I just don't find that to be okay. I feel like you got to get grown. You got to get good and grown and travel well. Why do you think if you've been on TikTok or social media, why do you think that there's actual accounts that are like, you have welcomed yourself to the black girl luxury? Why do we even have to have those types of conversations that we have to have that come over here to this side because you can experience good travel? Why are y'all trying to go to the motel? Whose motel y'all trying to go to? I had two experiences with my husband. I let him choose the hotel he knows and he didn't choose a good hotel. It didn't go good. And ever since that moment, he has definitely done his due justice to never let that happen again. I'm not letting my babies go in these hotels and just go. Nah. So as an adult, as a woman, even when I travel by myself or if I travel with my girlfriends, I'm not staying at the hotel where you know where I see the reviews talking about put this to the door. Like I will put my security stuff to the door because I believe in being safe. Don't be stupid. Be safe. Be safe. Never stupid. But when you see the reviews and they're like, there are people like sex trafficking you in this hotel. There's people selling drugs outside the hotel. I don't want to be at that hotel. I don't want to be at that hotel because my anxiety will go up. Like I deal with anxiety. 
So I can't, I'm already having a level of anxiety when I travel, which is the reason why I travel anyway, because I feel like sometimes our anxiety holds us back from living the life that we truly want to. If I got to be put on, give me some medication if I need it for a trip. Uh, give me whatever I need. Let me, I have the calm me go, which is like the device you breathe into that calms you down. I'm taking that everywhere I go. But whatever it is that I need, I don't want to wake up in my 70s and 80s and be like, I wanted to go here and I wanted to go there and I wanted to experience, but my anxiety held me back or my lack of planning held me back or my inability to think about my future held me back. Those are things that I don't want to experience. I want to experience learning how to move and bring, listen, I will bring my anxiety right along with me and just be like, listen, we got to both go together. And one of, one of us is going to drop it. It won't be me, right? My anxiety will eventually just drop. And I say all of that to say that because I don't want to be held back. I want to experience as much joy that this life has to offer. And doing so means that sometimes anxiety has to come. Sometimes those frustrations have to come. Sometimes you just have to walk past my fears. And it's a scary situation. I'm not suggesting that I just am, you know, I have my anxiety and I just bop out the door. Let me just say, as long as I've been in Philly, I've been in Philly for 11 years now. And even with me having a strong circle of friends that I travel to these, you know, events to, I still deal with anxiety. I still deal with the anxiety of getting dressed and going to these events and getting my life together. I still struggle. But in the midst of that struggle, I got to get up and go. I can't mirror that to my daughters of teaching them that they shouldn't wait till their friends is ready. Like sometimes you may have to go on a few trips and their friends just have to get mad because it ain't their time, right? Or you may get into a relationship and your partner doesn't want to do these certain things. Like sometimes you're just like, listen, I, I got to go. Right. You got to respect your partner and love your partner and do things with and without your partner. Listen, I know that, you know, when Tamar was married to her husband, um, Vince, she used to call her and him the Velcro couple. I ain't trying to be on my husband like no Velcro. To be honest with you, I probably was on that line. Until I was like, my, my therapist was like, girl, you got to get out of here and leave him. And like, he'll go and do his thing. And then I'm sitting at home mad because he has a life and I didn't have a life. This is when I first moved here. Since then, I have a life. I have a set of friends. I have things that I can do. I will go and do things with or without him and still come back, tell him about the stories. Nine times out of 10, little secret. If I go to a restaurant, nine times out of 10, I'm going to bring him something back so he can experience the same thing. And, and when we can go, we're going to go right in the building and have a blast and a half. But respecting myself and loving myself enough to know that I can't always wait for somebody else to be ready because everybody ain't ready, Right. And it's okay to not be ready. So if you're looking to get yourself up together, get your life together, move forward, move and do some things. The spring is here. Go on some trips. I want to go glamping this year. I'm trying to make that happen. Um, if you don't know what glamping is, it's kind of like being in a camp, but it's a little bit more, you know, a little bit more prestigious, a little bit more upgraded experience than just plain old camping. Now, I have gone camping as a child. I don't fully desire to do full camping on my own unless um, it's just in a more of a controlled situation. And so we'll see. I may do that with the kids. I want them to experience one camping experience. And my kids actually want to camp. So I'm here for that. I will do it because they want to do it. But I want to glamp. So I want to go to a little bit more of a, you know, elevated experience of camping. There's plenty of places I've already researched them. I'm working on it that I want to go. I want to experience it. And 
there are some that are like in those little domes. I want to go into one of them. And of course, I have amazing girlfriends who may decide that they want to do that or may decide that they don't want to do that. But whether they do it or not, I want to do it. And it's just something that's on my bucket list. One thing about me and my husband, we make these lists together and we are doing our best to cross some things off the list as a couple because we have goals as a couple and we have goals that are separate. And then we also work on goals as a family. I feel like that's extremely healthy and maybe that's only healthy for us. Maybe that is just what works for us. But I feel like you just have to touch all the different aspects of your life, you know, touching the different aspects of the things that concern you. You know, what makes you smile? What makes you happy? What makes you unhappy? What are the things that make you tick that you need to work on? Like knowing yourself, getting to love yourself, getting to know yourself matters. And to me, I just want to make sure that I'm in the place where I'm taking care of all those different areas. I may not be perfect at it, but I want to try my hand, like my mom would say, try my hand at it and try to do what I can do to make my life just, and I'm not trying to necessarily make my life easier, but I am trying to make my life where I can feel like I'm living. Like I'm not looking to have a lot of things. I have red bottoms. I have, you know, designer bags and I have all those different things, but I'm not looking for things. I'm looking for experiences. And I feel like as you get older, you start to appreciate that. When I was in my twenties, it was always about the things, get more things, grab more things. And things means you have status. It doesn't, you know, what means good to me, what means and feels good to me. If I say I want to go somewhere that I can just go ahead and book it. That is what I love. Like, I love that I'm able to do something like that. I wasn't always like that. I didn't and couldn't go nowhere, right? Couldn't, didn't even have a passport. Couldn't just get up and go. One, because I just didn't have the money. I was just coming out of college. Then I became, you know, years later, then I became a parent. And so in those beginning years, you got to adjust to parenthood. And then I did that thing three times. So now I have three children. Now my youngest is eight. She's old enough to, you know, pull her luggage now. She's old enough to put her little backpack on and keep it moving. There, She's old enough to run if something needs to happen. Like, we got it. I've gotten to the place where I can move a little bit different, but I want to experience life. I know a lot of times we wait for retirement. When I retire, I'm going to do these different things. I'm probably going to add another list for when it's time for retirement. But for now, I want to just live, right? I want experiences and I want to be able to say that, you know, I enjoyed some things, right? Knowing yourself. So the internet is doing the things that the internet does. And there's a lot of stuff going on. Uh, Kardashians are back with their new show doing the most and people are just like, you know, I don't have no, no say in it. Like it don't make me no difference. It's neither here nor there, but you know, the new revelations of another tape. And I read something as a mom that made me think, um, she was saying, Kim, when I say she, I say Kim, I won't quote it, but something about along the lines of, I believe her son, one of her, her son saw something popped up on the computer or the phone that basically was talking about Kim and her sex tape. And as a mom, you know, she struggles with the fact that she's going to actually have to have this conversation. Listen, I struggle with the fact as a parent and I'm not even Kim Kardashian. I'm not on TV. I'm not any of that. But what I will say is we all have these different lives and these different elements of our lives, like before kids, before marriage, before relationships, before we figure ourselves out, before therapy, before we get our lives right, before we get our minds right. There are a lot of befores. Those befores are always unfortunately coming back to then have to deal with. There are conversations that I'm going to have to have with my daughters about the way that I moved. And I'm hoping that in having those really real conversations, listen, my mother 
was the type of person that had straight, strong, very you know, forward, right to your face conversations. And what I mean by that is she didn't sugarcoat it. She didn't sugarcoat um, how she, what she may have gotten into, the things that she may have done. She just never sugarcoated it for me. So in my house, you know, talking about dating and the things to look out for was never really a problem. I mean, there's some things we probably could have talked a little bit better at, totally could have done better at. But my mom, the things that she's been into, the mistakes that she's made, she just never shied away from it. And I'm not going to be the I'm going to be the same way in that, in that I want my kids to understand that, listen, these are the things that I fell in pitfalls and I'm just praying that you don't fall into them. Now we know no matter how much you tell your kids about the things that you have been involved with and try to steer them in the wrong direction, just like I, just like you, we all have our own paths. The only thing I pray is that God allows me to live long enough that I'm here to steer them and to be a support system because I'm telling my kids all the time, it don't matter what you get involved in. I want you to come and talk to me and come and talk to me. You also have to establish a good ways of communication, meaning it's beautiful to tell your kids to come and talk to them when you also are a loving person who then when they come and talk to you, aren't going off on, you know, screaming and hollering off the handle and you're calm and you can tell them what they need to learn instead of coming from the parent side all the time of you're in trouble, right? There has to be a balance. And I feel like sometimes as parents, we do a great job of telling them to come and speak to us, but are we providing the, in the environment? I saw something on the internet that shook my very core. It said that sometimes when we're in our conversations with our friends, right, where, you know, I have friends who have kids and some who don't, we all get together and we have these different debates and conversations and things that's going on in the world. But do you realize that your kids are hearing you in those different debates? So when you're calling somebody else's child so super fast, but then you say things like you can come and talk to me, their kids are hearing you when you're talking bad about somebody who's of the LGBTQ uh, plus community about things that you feel is unrighteous and all these different things and your kids end up, end up in that lifestyle, please stop thinking that they're going to come to you and be open when they've heard conversations about how you thought about a, a niece or a cousin or a mom or an aunt. And I know that people say, well, you know, my life is different because, you know, they're not my kids, they're not mine, but they hear you. They hear you in those conversations. And so, you know, be careful the times that we think that we're, our kids are not paying attention. Child, let me tell you, as a parent, when you think your kids are not paying attention, that's when they're paying attention the most. So just be mindful that whatever those conversations that you're having and those statements that you're making, your children are actively listening. They understand and hear what you're saying, and they may not be in alignment with the things that you're trying or want to project. That is my hope as a parent that I can just be a support system, not let them get over, right? Like make them grow up, but also support them. You know, I don't want to say when you turn 18, leave. Your 18 year old is still a child. They may not fully be ready, but am I giving my kids the things that they need so they can have the actual tool sets? Can they make their own doctor's appointments? Can they call and get their banking together? How can they handle themselves professionally on the phone when they need to, you know, yell at somebody about a product? You know, how do they deal with the, the post office if something goes left? Like all of these are skill sets that I feel like as parents, we have to make sure that we do our due justice of giving them those skills, helping them save, helping them learn how to manage, talking about credit early, talking about saving money early. These are types of conversations that we should have. But as we are going into again, Easter, Easter is right around the corner and we are here to have a good time and we're here to just have, you know, all the things and just, you know, 
whatever we can to enjoy ourselves for the Easter holiday, we wanted to get into the drink of the day. And the drink of the day is going to be inspired by Peeps. If you love Peeps, now my, I'm a twin. I don't know if you know, I am a twin. We look nothing alike. We are girl twins, but fraternal. And with that, um, she loves Peeps. So usually for the holidays, I would make her, I don't know if I'll see her, but I usually will make a, um, a basket full of different peeps and you know peeps have come a long way back in the day you only got them pink ones them yellow ones and possibly a purple right you didn't get all these newfangled ones they got stuff that has like cookies and cream they got peeps that are like birthday cake they got peeps that has a thousand and one things and i just was like where were y'all at all this time when i was growing up nonetheless in this drink this is this is a peeps cocktail right this is a peeps inspired cocktail again this is called a buzz peeps easter cocktail i will link this recipe in the show notes however what you'll need to make this drink so you can decide you have to decide when you, you gotta look at the ingredients for drinks don't don't write a drink off until you know their ingredients for this you're going to need cherry vodka whipped marshmallow vodka coconut rum torini toasted marshmallow syrup half and half pink sugar Easter sprinkles and marshmallow cream for your garnish. So those are the ingredients that you're going to need for this drink. So if you're not a vodka person, you could probably substitute it out, but just know the ingredients. I always judge a drink by the ingredients first and then always just be willing to try. Now, I'm not sure if I'm going to make this because me and my husband are not peep fans, but if we were, I would make this. I probably will be doing just like a uh, Easter, you know, mimosa with something, you know, garnished on the side. It makes it like little Eastery. Bloody Marys are a great drink for the Easter, like brunch. Listen, if you don't want to cook for Easter, can I just tell you that an Easter brunch is right up your, your alley or a good Easter dinner? Listen, let somebody else do that cooking and you just come in, you eat, you pay them, tip the people real good and walk out the door. There are some amazing brunch spots here in Philadelphia. And if you are following me on Facebook, you can find me there as Toy Time Ladies. And let me just say, it is, there are some amazing specials for a lot of amazing brunch specials here in the Philadelphia area. And I'm sure where you live, there are some too. But listen, go ahead and make your reservation. You probably should have made it like yesterday. But if you can, and there's some little last minute spots, go ahead and throw you and your fam bam into a little Easter brunch or a little Easter dinner and let somebody else do all the work. I'm going to tell you right now, with it being Friday, I have not even figured out what I'm going to cook for Easter, but I'm going to have to make whatever it is. I'm going to have to gather it up real quick because the weekend is going to be upon us. Um, I'm probably going to be one of those late people trying to grab the eggs. I'm going to do that actually this morning and uh, grab my eggs and do all those things because mm, if you wait, you won't have an egg in sight, right? You won't have an egg in sight. So I hope that your Easter weekend is beautiful. I hope that you have an amazing time. I'm so grateful to be back for season two. You know, today we did talk a lot about the Disney concert, which I'm so grateful to have attended. We did talk about some of them Easter memories. And again, it's your choice whether you want to be traditional or non-traditional or whatever your new traditions are. Me and my family have been very clear on making our own set of traditions and it works for us. People may not agree with it, but they don't got to live here with us, right? They don't have to participate in our levels of things. So listen, I'm here for all of new traditions that we make. Sometimes we get up and we just kind of like wing it. 
and it works for us as well. But one thing is for sure, I'm always going to find a way to bake. I'm always going to find a way to cook um, unless I go to one of these brunches. And outside of that, yeah, I mean, we're just going to have a great time. I don't know if we're going to be dressed up. I'm still debating if we're going to have like an Easter shirt. And honestly, if I don't have it done and picked out by Friday night, you know, tonight, it ain't going to happen. So we're going to see. If not, we will just be comfortable, right? Either in our PJs or out at brunch and just be cute and call it a day. That's what we're going to end up doing. But I hope that you and your family and however you celebrate Easter, whether you celebrated Easter or not, that you have a great weekend. Find some self-care for yourself. Listen, I plan to do some self-care for myself. I have a nail appointment on Saturday. I got some things going on. I'm taking the kids. You know, we're still in spring break mode. Take the kids for some things, some media events that I'm going to take them on. And outside of that, I just hope that whatever you're doing, if you're traveling, stay safe, be safe, do not drink and drive. Don't drink that Peeps marshmallow uh, drink that with that good cherry vodka and then be out here doing the most. Do not get behind the wheel. Uber and Lyft is your friends. Call a friend, somebody. Do whatever you have to do to be safe. But have yourself a great weekend. Thank you so much for being here, for rocking out with me in these six seasons, for helping me to just use this as another platform to, to you know, push self-care, to push therapy, to push mental health, to push for us to be better, for us to take control of our lives and to live life for real, like truly live. That is the hope for everybody to truly, truly live. So no matter what your status is, no matter what you're going through, no matter what you have on your plate, trust and believe that a lot of those pains and those hurts that you feel, they feel horrible at those moments. I promise you to please hold on. Please hold on. Please practice as much self-care. Get a hold of your therapist. Do all the things that you know you need to be doing. This week, I had to get my life together and get my exercise together. Like, get out here and get running. Like, get yourself moving. Sometimes it's just about us taking care of ourselves because we extend ourselves so much to our friends. We extend ourselves to our families. We extend ourselves to all kinds of thoughts and things that we have going on in the world around us that we just don't take enough time for us. And maybe you listened to this whole podcast and you had to listen to this one thing that said, you are more than worthy of taking care of you and loving on yourself. Get up and get yourself cleaned up. Get yourself right. Jazz yourself up a little bit and just love on you. Take care of yourself mentally, emotionally, and physically. Eat right. Drink your water. Listen, by the time you go to eat right, drink your water, exercise, you know, Try to find a venture to make money on the side, go to work and, you know, take care of whatever it is that your level of responsibility is. That in itself, whether you and then add other people to that list, that in itself is more than enough. And you're more than enough. So have a great weekend. Have a great Easter. We will be back. Next week is going to be, oh, we're going to be back on Earth Day. Next Friday is Earth Day. That is going to be an amazing time because... I pray that we will talk about how we can do better with the earth because, I mean, it is only one earth, right? So have yourself one great weekend, and we'll be back next week with more Conversations with Toy. Thank you as always for joining me. And I know that even in the deepest or joyful conversations, that there's something we can learn and apply. Until next time, I hope that you are doing better. If not, we will be back to talk some more and handle it. Peace to you and yours. Stay grounded.